I forgot water, but whatever. We're starting. Okay, we're already at, we're like 10 seconds in. The dogs are so loud. Okay, so Christmas. Oh, we're like actually started. Okay. Yeah, like we're in it. Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. There's no snow. No snow at all. In wherever we're at. <laughs> Ooh. They're spooky. Could be Canada. Yeah, true. That'd be really weird. Why? What's wrong with Canada? I'm oh, saying because there's snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so Christmas Eve. We're kind of doing this in between going to see my dad and going to see his parents. So we're going to try to make it quick, but knowing me. Probably not. It won't be. Okay, start it off. Patty White, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. I hate the Jaguars. I'm just thinking of the good place. The good place. Jacksonville, Florida. I'm just, when I first saw that she was from Jacksonville, I was thinking of all the people. They're like, look up whatever your birthday and then Florida. No offense to anybody that lives in Florida. No offense to anyone who lives in Florida. You can always move. <laughs> so, Patty White, she was born in 1972. The murder happened on December 2nd, and she was arrested December 4th. Okay. 1972 when she was born? No. And that's when the murder happened that No, year? 2011, sorry. Ah, yeah, who would expect a baby? <laughs> so, um... Patty went to um, Michelle O'Dowd's house um, near Christmas time, you know, December 2nd, um, and was staying with her, and she was kind of helping out. She was um, the ex-girlfriend of her nephew, of Michelle's. So Michelle's nephew, she was, yeah, weird. Okay, that's weird. But she was considered a family friend, I guess. So oh, okay. They knew each other for a while. Um, she had planned, she returned to Florida to rob Michelle after staying <laughs> with her relatives in South Carolina. So she wanted to kind of get her money and then head out. Peace out. Um, Michelle allowed Patty to stay with her for a month rent free, even trusting her with her PIN number and her debit card. Um, Why so she could purchase groceries for both of them. No. <laughs> Give her cash. No. You don't do that. She really trusted When's the last time they saw each other? Before that. Uh, some amount of time? Some amount know. of time, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't trust her. But anyways. So, oh, I should say, these are all kind of like shortened down because I'm going to say do four of them. So they're not going to be super long, hopefully. Um, so the act. Bad, baddie. Patty beat and strangled Michelle... Um, she died of blunt force trauma and strangulation. Because just took the freaking debit card, you dummy. She wanted to make it look like a burglar ransacked the home by knocking over items and tossing Christmas presents around. Um, but she had hid Michelle's body under the presents with only, like, her foot showing. And, like, that's how they found her, because they saw the foot. Well, yeah, they would have found her at Eventually, some point, yeah, but I'm just saying, like... And she just left? She, well, she, she was just took, like, no, I wasn't there. I don't know what you're talking about. She took Michelle's credit cards and stole money from her accounts. So. Could have just done that and left. Yeah. But her twin brother is the one that found her. Michelle's twin brother. 
uh, Phil axed, um, and he discovered the body. He was going to check on her at home, um, which was in a gated community after she didn't show up for work. Um, the door was open and the place was, had been ransacked. Uh, chairs and tables were turned upside down, um, but her dog and her car were still at the house, so looks like she would be there. Um, and then he's like, I knew this wasn't going to be pretty. Um, and then it was the third time that he went through, like, the den, like, looking that he saw the foot sticking out from the If presence. you see that, guys, call the police. Right? Yeah, if the door you is call, open... You call out the name and you go, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe try to call him. You just walk. You don't know. There could be someone robbing that house right there. Yeah. That's you just sit outside. You don't You don't know. You don't walk around. There could be some dude just waiting to kill you. But then again, people are like, I want to see if I could save the person. What if they're, like, dying and I could have helped? Well, that's why you're like, hello, hello. What if they sewed their mouth shut or something? Oh, well, <laughs> that's because they're still alive. Why are you sewing someone's mouth shut if they're dead? No problems. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> Um, Call the police. So she saw, or he saw the bloody foot, or the foot sticking out, and there was a bloody towel on her face. Um, He said that so many people in the community said they heard someone screaming and wailing, and no one called the police. Yeah, because that happens all the time. These stupid-ass kids and stuff just yelling all the time. Yeah, that's true. And now everyone's like, nope, probably just a kid, probably just someone fighting or something, it's all good. Uh, So... Yeah, if you're getting in a fight, scream help while you're fighting. It'll help. <laughs> uh, what he thought of Patty, uh, she, that Michelle always treated her as part of the family. Um, her mother's boyfriend used to give her odd jobs to uh, earn extra cash, even though she couldn't keep a job and couldn't get her life together. And then I put, like, different jobs were, like, cleaning houses and sometimes baiting, babysitting the grandchildren. Which it's scary to think money. about now. No, they, they didn't have any money. They were safe. <laughs> Apparently we only beat people up for money here. Yeah, the cards in the pan just leave. According to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, whatever took place in that apartment went horribly wrong and she ended up beating and killing her. So maybe it wasn't, like, intentionally I'm gonna kill you, maybe. It's not premeditated. Yeah. She just was like, time to beat the shit out of you. Um, Patty then returned to South Carolina where she confessed to authorities when she was pulled over um, and arrested. So she just, like, gave it up. Because they had her, like, at uh, gas stations and, like, whatever, taking out money and using the pin. So it's not like she knew she was going to get away with it. I just don't understand why, like... For real? Yeah, it, it just went too far. I don't know. That's why you don't hit people. But uh, she pleaded guilty... To second degree murder, she was sentenced to 45 years in prison in 2011. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Yeah. Next one, right? Yep, next oh, one. Let's get to the next one. This is, what is it called? Like an anthology? Isn't that a thing? I don't know. It's like different story, like short stories about one thing. I couldn't tell you. Sounds, I want to say sounds that's right. right. It's right. Okay, so Charles Lawson in North Carolina... He was born in on May 10th, 1886. So stay out of the Carolinas, guys. And the murder happened on Christmas Day, 1929. What a good year. <laughs> Fine wine that year. Fine wine. Yes. This wine's actually tasting pretty pretty good. Yeah, this 2019 sangria. This 2019 box wine? Mmm. Mm. 
I love it. Delicious. What a good year. It was a good year. Um, so some background. Charlie was born to Augustus and Nancy in an unincorporated community, Lawsonville. Isn't and it weird? And her last name was Lawson? Yeah. yeah. That is weird. I, I didn't notice until I, like, was halfway in the middle of these notes. And I was like, Lawson? Law, what? That's sketchy. Um, in 1911, he, when he was 25, he married Fanny Manring in Lawsonville. Horrible. They case. had eight children together, but the third child, William, born in 1914, died because of an illness in 1920. So he was only like six. Dysentery. Um, they worked as sharecroppers and they saved enough money by 1927 to buy their own farm. That's cool. Good for them. So now the murders. Okay. So 1929, shortly before Christmas, Charlie took his family, who included 37-year-old wife Fanny, and their children, Arthur, 16, Mary, 17, Carrie, 12, Maybell, 7. Oh, they're all going to rhyme. James, 4, <laughs> Raymond, 2, and Mary Lou, 4 months. To get Mary Lou... <laughs> If only it was Cindy Lou, then it would just be so appropriate. You can really the Grinch. That. It's fine. That's the cops. We live near. We have oh, murdered yeah, people, and either. the cops are coming. <laughs> yeah, we live near. You guys don't need to know unless yeah. you know us. Well, did you see how many books my dad got? Of they were all serial killer books. Yeah. <laughs> got like eight of them. Yeah. It was amazing. Right. Um. Uh. So he took all of them to get new clothes and take a family photo. It seemed unusual because they are far from wealthy, so new clothes really just became their burial clothes because he killed them. So he bought them new clothes because he killed them? Um, well, no, he bought the clothes before he Are you about them. to tell me how he killed them, or is yeah. he said like... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a short one. Now they're dead. That's his name. This is where he was from. Mm-hmm. So, the first and second murders. He started a... Sl- the slaughter with his daughters, Carrie and Maybell, who were going to their uncle and aunt's house. So he waited by their tobacco barn, and as soon as they were in range, he shot them with a shotgun. Then, to make sure they were dead, he bludgeoned them. And then he put the bodies in the tobacco barn for safekeeping for later. For tobacco uses. Yeah. That's that's the mystery ingredient. People? People. <laughs> Your children, specifically? <laughs> Uh, the third through Lots sixth and murders made with with fresh lozen. Okay. Uh, he then returned to the house and shot Fanny, who was on the porch. So that's his wife. Uh, she wasn't like, what the hell was that shotgun? Two shotgun blasts I just well, heard. Well, she probably did, and then he just shot her in the face. Hey, what's up with those? Why are you shooting that shotgun? Famous last words. <laughs> And then inside, Marie heard, uh, screamed while the two small boys, James and Raymond, looked for a place to hide. I would just try to run. I know a shotgun's far, but... Charlie came in and shot Marie and then found the two boys and shot them. What kind of shotgun was this? This guy had to be, like, reloaded. No, yeah, he's definitely probably carrying shit. Those oh, little yeah, the shells. thick-ass shells. shells. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like... He's a big. He's a probably a big ass dude. Just run the hell away while he's reloading. Yeah. Serpentine. I don't know. Maybe they were just scared. I don't know. I, I no. I totally get it. I'm just saying, like, if you really don't think you can fight someone, hiding's not gonna work. He fucking could just sit in the house all day and walk around until he finds you. He's got time. 
He uh, then killed baby Mary Lou, and it was thought that he she was bludgeoned to death. So. Didn't want to waste the, the shells. And the seventh is a suicide. After he killed almost his whole family, he went to the woods and a few hours later shot himself. The sole survivor is his eldest son, Arthur. Who was not there who that day. he had sent on an errand right before starting his spree. Oh my god, why did he like him so much? He definitely was like, I don't want to There's kill some, you. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh god. So finding the bodies, the bodies were found with their arms crossed and rocks under their heads. So he positioned them after death. Um, and then the police officer that found his body, um, along with letters to his parents... But there was, like, footsteps, like, around a tree. Like, like he, he was, was pacing, pacing. Yeah. Around the tree, and then he just took his life. Well, yeah, because he was like, maybe I don't have to shoot myself. I probably have to shoot myself. No, it's going to no, be worse than prison. I'm a land-owning white male in the 20s. I might be okay. Uh, too many. They could have attacked me. Yeah. <laughs> That little baby, she came out the she four months. She jumped at me. I've <laughs> she, seen The Simpsons. I, I see what a baby can do. <laughs> she jumped out of her crib. It was crazy. Jesus. Okay, so, theories. Uh, one theory is he wasn't the one who killed his family. He was just made to look like it. So, one explanation is Charlie had witnessed an organized crime. He had found out, and they all, they all got murdered for it. And the other explanation, a black man... Charlie had started to fight, started a fight with, so that he came and killed all his family. Um, neither seemed plausible because everything pointed to a murder suicide, but people still. But yeah, liked why to he? What, what's up with this kid that he the sent one, off? Yeah. Well, then there's what a book. What did that book, kid do right? There's a book. Um, or wrong. Called, You're not coming to heaven with us. We hate you. I hate you. Maybe that could be a thing. That's like Was the, he the one, oldest son. Yeah. 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 Someone's gotta clean this up. Uh, sure it's only gonna be me, The son. book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas came out in 1990. Um, so, it's more about another theory of incest. Um, the day before the book was to be published, the authors got a call from Stella Lawson, a cousin of the Lawson children, and said he knew why Charlie did it. And at the funeral, she overheard Fanny's sister-in-law and aunt's talking about how Fanny confided in them that he had been concerned about Charlie and Marie, which was his eldest daughter. So, and a close friend of Marie, Ella, Ellie, no, Ella May, claims just weeks before Christmas, Marie told her that she was pregnant and that it was Charlie's. Their dad's? Yeah, the dad. Ugh. She also said that Charlie and Fanny knew about it. So. Awkward. I have pictures of this one, though, so I can show you. But after, um, the Lawson home is now a tourist attraction, so we should go. Anniversary trip. No? No. <laughs> Marie <laughs> made a cake um, that is still on display. Um, it was placed in a covered glass dish because people were picking off the raisins and taking them as souvenirs. Some old-ass raisins. <laughs> raisins? Raisins? Delicious. Um, there's a folk song called The Murder of the Lawson Family. Oh my god, I totally forgot I was going to play it for you. Because I haven't heard it either. Just a little little, t- little snippet. little snippet. But it's called The Murder of the Lawson Family. But, and it was recorded by the Stanley Brothers in 1956 and released by Columbia Records on the CD An Evening Long Ago in 2004. 
Were there any other, like, boys in the family? Like, not that immediate family, but with the laws and last name? Um, I don't know. Because if not, maybe that's why he was like, my name shall live on. Maybe an infamy, but... I don't know why I didn't go to But live on nonetheless. Well, if you want to come over here and look at their picture and kind of describe it to the people... Don't get too close. So, that's the dad, Charlie... That's the mom. No, that's the mom. Yeah, that, that that's the baby right. Mary Mary Lou. I forgot the names. Mary Lou, yeah. Mary Lou. And then that's Arthur. That's Marie. They look exactly what you think a family from the 20s would look like. The oldest son looks like he could be the dad. All the kids have the worst bangs in the entire world. <laughs> They're all not smiling. And they look a little Amish. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. I don't think... There's one by Sharon Needles or or the Carolina Buddies. Yeah, maybe you should have, you know... I should have done this beforehand. Yeah, that definitely would have helped out. sounds like it's in, like they make a movie about the lozens and that's the song that is playing while he's walking around like loading his shotgun up yeah that's some good stuff that was not bad that's horrifying also who oh, the wait, hell made I that song this is their house too describe that for the audience looks like a better abraham lincoln house <laughs> a lot less well just about as much wood as you'd expect mm. they have two chimneys that's cool yeah so they weren't that's a pretty big house. Yeah. That's decent size. I mean, they remember, they got their own farm, so... They did get their own farm. Oh, what and did that the son do? And that's the end of the Lawson. I'm, ne- I'm gonna need to know. Yeah, I, I didn't look up what does what that son, son think? Did, but... Like I said, maybe he was just, like, the last guy who could carry on the name, so he's like, maybe. I can't be rude as hell. <laughs> All right, on to our third one. Back to a woman. Erin Allegra. From Port St. Lucia, Florida. She was born in 1977. The murder happened on Christmas Day, 2008, and she was arrested the same day. So, a little background. Um, people called her courteous, but not real sociable. Social, social? Yeah. I said it right the first time. Sociable. Yeah. They seemed to um, have a friendly relationship, is what a neighbor said about Aaron and her son Tristan's relationship. Uh, I don't like the name Tristan. It's okay. People with the name Tristan probably don't like the name Tristan either. That's true. Pour one out for all the Tristans in the world. Sorry. Especially down in Florida. Florida. 
Um, so she told investigators um, she started leaving or leaving. She started having serious financial problems in August 2007. Lost a string of jobs before a temp agency found her work at Liberty Medical. Um, a man she was having an affair with broke it off after one and a half years, um, and she was pregnant with his child but lost the baby. And she said that she'd contemplated suicide a few times in the months before the murder, adding she didn't want to leave her son behind. Just, you know, out by himself now. Why? Well, if he's still alive, I don't know if he murdered the I don't know the well, story. The event. I'm just saying. The event. I'm just saying. I don't want to dun, dun, dun. Aaron gave Tristan going to prison, ain't gonna help. eight Advil pills and put him to sleep in a room in the, in the Holiday Inn. December 24th, and between 3 and 4 a.m. and December 25th, she's suspected of smothering him with a pillow. She said... How old is Tristan? He was... Is he like a little-ass kid? Yes. I can... I thought I put his... What is wrong with people? What is wrong with me? This horrible-ass research. I so did not this... get his... So is this, like, logic, like, I gotta kill my kid, that's the that's the way to keep him safe. And oh, he was, like, like eight. He was eight. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't want to leave my kid alone, so I'm just gonna kill him. Yep. What the fuck? So, once she knew he was dead, uh, she slit her wrists in an unsuccessful suicide attempt. So then she had to call 911. Yeah, she called 911. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't give a shit if you're still alive. You're trying to kill yourself? Why kill you yourself. Why are you calling 911? Just sit there. Maybe it'll work later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she was taken to the hospital and treated for minor cuts to her wrists and minor arms. Minor cuts. And that's why I put in all in red caps. I was like, clearly she didn't want to actually die if there were minor cuts. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Clearly it didn't fucking work if there were fucking minor cuts. So... Um, there was a letter in the hotel room addressed to Tristan that said, you'll always be my sweet boy, which is creepy since, you know, she killed him. Um, so the husband, a little background, he's in prison. Uh, <laughs> Michael Allegra, uh, he always wrote to Tristan saying, I wanted to show him I was still thinking about him. Um, he was released a few days after Christmas and was counting the days to see his son again. Uh, he learned of Aaron killing Tristan. Oh, wait. I wrote that weird. That's when he learned of, of Aaron killing Tristan. Um, he said he would spend the, the next few days taking care of his son for the last time, which was just planning his funeral. And it was super sad. Just, like... He didn't really get time to spend with him, and Aaron didn't really like him, so that's why... What was he in prison for? Well, I'll get to that. Uh, Michael asked out Aaron in high school, saying she was witty and smart, so they moved in together and had Tristan and got married in February 2000. So this wasn't the affair, baby? No. I said that one died. Oh. She lost the baby. My bad. Yeah. Um, Aaron eventually left him to live with that man, I'm assuming, um, but they agreed to share custody of Tristan. Oh, love the car alarm. That's fine. They got it. Oh, they got it. Um, he said he was my best friend and he was her best friend. What? That's what Michael said of Tristan. Um, he wasn't concerned for his welfare because Aaron had worked at a daycare before, and you know. Yeah, and like who? Who you know suspects that? Like, oh, she's gonna kill our kid for Nothing. just because. Yeah. Did she say why? 
It's almost like I read she your kinda... research. This is what, everything you're about to say, I feel like I'm asking questions about. You're doing this right. <laughs> I don't know if I have that answer, but I think it's just because, like, she wanted to die, but she didn't want Michael to have him. Wow, that's a little spiteful and vindictive of her. And what horrible. Yeah. Um, if I can't have him, About once a week, him. they would go out for dinner into the mall. He was talkative. Tristan was talkative, like Michael, and he liked to read a lot, like Aaron. Um, but Michael has passed. He was arrested in November 2007 on a fraud charge involving prescription drugs. He spent about five, spent about five months in jail. He was out for a couple of months when he was nabbed for a probation violation that landed him in jail again in late May 2008. Um, the last time he talked to Tristan was late April 2008. He told Tristan he would visit at Port St. Lucie where Aaron was renting a room, but when he showed up the next day, they were gone. Um, talking to the police, Erin told police she killed her son. Oh, yeah. I guess you are asking the questions I already have the answer to. She told the police she killed her son rather than leave him with his father. Yep. Selfish. What an selfish asshole. ass bitch. So she's like, I want to die, but I also don't want him to see his son. Yeah. She didn't ever, like, say, like, oh, this guy beat him or something, nothing. Like, was just like, nope, just fuck him. Well, in a journal she wrote, I'm just alone, nowhere else to go. People move on, I just can't. And she added that she was well aware that she did, what she did was wrong. And that's why she rented the room at that Holiday Inn specifically to to do do this. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um... So I have in, like, a parenthesis saying the defendant allowed the victim to sleep a couple hours prior to using the hotel pillow, placing it over the victim's face, causing the victim to stop breathing. After seeing that her son had no pulse and that and was not breathing, she went to the bathroom. I need a perp. Uh. She went into the bathroom, uh, bathroom tub, and tried to commit suicide by slitting her wrists and arms, but the razor blades were not sharp enough. They didn't have mirrors at this place? Yeah, they could I don't know. I'm sorry that I'm being like, it's it's gotta be easier to kill yourself than... No, this. I think if you already want to kill yourself and you literally just killed your son so you can and kill yourself... And you already yourself, planned it. Why didn't you bring anything? Why yeah. Why didn't you take like 400 Advil, then do that? Yeah. I don't know. Very poor planning. Horrible planning. Uh, she had a plea deal. After the interview, she was charged with murder... Um, so the plea deal was not to get, um, killed or electrocuted, whatever. Oh, so now she wants to be alive. So she is life in prison for first degree murder plus 30 years to run consecutively for the child abuse. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That one would made me really sad. And now dogs are barking. Okay, so that one's over. Yep. Rest in peace, kid. Jesus Christ. Rest in peace, Tristan. Sorry about the name. Sorry about the name. I really wish she would stop barking. Sorry, everybody, if you could hear that. I don't know. Somebody did the... Somebody rang the doorbell. Um, so, last but not least, we have Pleasant Armstrong. That's a name? That's a good name. Pleasant Armstrong. That is a good From name. From Baker County, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. The trail? Um, they didn't have when he was born. 
but the murder happened December 24th, 1902, and he was arrested the same day. So, little background. Armstrong had been keeping company with Minnie en Ensminger. Um, her parents, Mr. and Mrs. Jacob Ensminger, were a well-to-do family, and they did not approve of the relationship and told Minnie to stop seeing him. Should have listened. She took their advice and oh. broke off the relationship. Just yeah, kidding. you didn't think she was, right? No, I thought this was going a different yeah. way. Yeah. Too bad. She shouldn't have listened to the advice. Yeah. <laughs> she angered Armstrong. The he continued like to pursue her, uh, but she ignored his attempts. He sent a strange letter a week before the murder, saying, Dear Minnie, I hate to tell you, but you have to talk to me. Let me know when it will be. Let me know before the 25th. Don't forget. Ple he, instead of writing pleasant, he puts P-L-E-S, Armstrong. Alright. Ples? Would you say that? Ples. Ples? Ples. So, yeah. Creepy-ass fucking letter um so what happened was Minnie went to a dance or a lot of people from this town went to a dance held in a nearby farm um so like dozens of people from the county went uh Armstrong was a violinist and he was at the dance to play his violin alright he played it for a little for the dancers but he broke strings on his violin certainly upset over like clearly upset over something because he was just, like, going crazy, I guess. <laughs> um, at 10 p.m., he stopped playing and went into another room to lay down on a couch. People said he appeared despondent, but he claims he had a headache. Um, at 1 a.m., the party was breaking up, and the Ensmingers were ready to go home. It was a six-mile sleigh ride home. Oh, I was like, what? 1800s, 1900, or, like, Yeah, 1902. Got it. <laughs> So, right after, right after cowboy stuff. <laughs> so Poor one guy. of Minnie's younger sisters went to help Armstrong with his coat, and he left before them. Um, That's but nice. he was waiting outside for them. As they were going to their sleigh, he jumped out in front of them. He fired twice at Minnie, and both hit her. She fell to the ground with a shriek. He then turned the 44 caliber Colt to his head and fired, and he sank to the ground. Um, Minnie was carried back into the house and a doctor was summoned while people attended to her. Um, Armstrong's, his wounds were superficial, so he was treated and then guarded carefully. Oh my god, guys. How do you fuck up? We've talked about this already in like a couple so episodes. Many times. Like, you can survive a headshot. Do like, your best. Be better. <laughs> okay, so after. Uh, Minnie, she was moved to her home and a watch was set up to see if she would live or die. Um, if she died, there was already talk about getting a lynch mob together to take care of Armstrong. Hell yeah. That was like Oregon weird. 1900. Yeah, I was going to say. 1902. This is Back Oregon. in the day, just this is like. This post-cowboy shit. No, this is like middle of cowboy shit. I think this is right at the end of cowboy shit. Like No, right... 1920s is still cowboy shit. I, what? I know they like rode horses and shit. Out I'm west? Talking, I'm yeah. talking like. No. The Wild West. Wild, okay, I like think. 1800s, late I 1800s. Guess. I feel yeah. like this, I don't know stuff. I'm just saying, I feel like, like well, 1902 is at like the tail end of the cowboy era. Because I'm reading that book and if they still talk mob about together, cowboys. Yeah, if you can get a lynch mob together though, yeah, I, I say that's cowboy country. Yeah, the book I'm reading, that's like 1920s and it, there are still cowboys out there, not crazy. So I'm assuming 1902 there's still. Some cowboy. Yeah, 
action. Tom, tomfoolery. Some tomfoolery happening. Round up all them bad boys. Um. So he had been taken care, or he had been taken to jail, um, and she died three late three days after the gunshot. Um. So Armstrong, he pretended to act crazy for several days after the killing, but eventually settled down and talked freely of the passion crime he committed. So he was trying to, like, plead insanity or something. At the beginning, he's like, fuck this shit. I did it. I wanted many for myself. I don't know how people from Oregon talk from 1902. I don't know how people from Oregon talk from 2019, so... Oregon. 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 So the lynch mob, um, it took a while for the case to get to trial. In March 1903, a lynch mob was organized because of the inaction in the case. Um, Baker County Sheriff Harvey Kimball Brown, with a few of his deputies, was able to calm the crowd and talk them out of the lynching. Um, Armstrong was hidden somewhere in the county courthouse, but later moved to Portland for safekeeping. Because people literally wanted to fucking kill him. Smart move. Um, so his trial, one of the most interesting in the history of the county, um, it began on March 23rd, 1903, and an attempt to change the location to, um, due to an emotional aspects was denied, and I'm like, that would not happen now, like, it would definitely need to be moved, because of the, you know, people there, someone would just get up and shoot him, and everyone would start clapping? Yeah. (laughs) Literally. And, um... So, selecting the jury was tough because it was hard to find anyone that didn't already have an opinion on the case. And I was like, duh, that's why it should have been moved. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Um, But there was only a jury of 12 men, and it was complete three days after the trial began. So, the prosecution um, said it was able to easily prove Armstrong deliberately shot the young woman without cause. And then Armstrong was on the stand in his own defense, and he weeped freely as he talked about his early life and the night he shot Minnie. So, he's, like, trying to make it an emotional thing, I guess. I feel like in 1902, if you did that well enough you and you were, like, kind of rich, you could get away with it. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, this is what he said. I was at the residence of Joseph Henner on December 24th, 1902. I went to play the violin. I played until about 9.30. I went outdoors and on the lounge to lay down. I saw Miss Ensminger there that night. I saw her after she left the house. Mr. Castor came and said that they were ready to go home. I went out and then came back for the overcoat. Then I went into the kitchen and Miss Blanche Ensminger gave me the overcoat. The girls went out a little ahead. I stopped to tell Minnie goodbye. She turned away. I turned to kill myself, saying, Goodbye, Minnie. I don't know what made me shoot at Minnie, but I did. I had contemplated taking my own life, but surely not hers. I bought the pistol on the 16th of December. So he was found guilty of murder in the first degree. Um, He was sentenced to death, and the time of his execution was set for May 8th, 1903. Um, But... Killed himself before that. Well, it was appealed all the way up to the Supreme Court, and I want to know how they even did that, because it has to go through other courts first, yeah. and he clearly confessed, and like, Immediately. it was him. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Must have been but... some precedent or something that they were like... Or maybe Wait, it wasn't... you said he spoke for himself, too? He didn't even have a lawyer or anything? Yeah, he was. Yeah, well, so what the hell? 
Yeah, I just don't get it because, well, I guess maybe back in the day there wasn't all of the court systems. It was just, like, maybe one court and then the Supreme Court. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Um, so they upheld the lower, or the ruling of the lower court, um, but the de- it got delayed because of the appeals, and the execution was said to be happening on January 22nd, 1904, two years after the murder. So his neck was broken instantly, and doctors witnessing the execution pronounced him dead eight minutes after the trap was sprung, and he was left hanging. And that is it. Well, that was, that was <sighs> certainly festive. Wow, I did those four stories super fast. Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to do anything too in-depth. I just wanted to do, you know... Fun, lighthearted, yeah, Christmassy, Merry Christmas, murders. How nice! You know, turn this on at 8 a.m. when you wake up Christmas morning and open presents. Yeah, I'm sure that's what everyone's gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep, that's it. Um, next week is New Year's Day, so then we're doing it with people. I was going to say Brooks, but they don't know who it is. Yeah. We'll be doing it with a couple other people. Hopefully it's a fun one. And hopefully there'll be less dog barking. Yeah, hopefully less dog barking, because I know you could definitely hear it on this. So we'll just go now, before the dog keeps barking. Yep, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, holiday, everything. Thanks for listening, bye.